Okay, so hi everyone, my name is Julia and I am the Direct Sales Coordinator at Shifty Pro. Uh, as a part of this uh, podcast series with an expert perspective on digital onboarding and KYC, I have the pleasure to talk with Ritesh Jain. Ritesh is the co-founder of Infinite, a financial services company which aims to um, humanize credit and debit card. Um, is it correct, Ritesh? It is correct. And... Uh... So Infinite is focused on humanizing credit and credit card experience for the consumers in UK and European market. Uh, we are still in more or less stealth mode. We are still working on it. And the sooner we will be in, in market. That's great. So um, thank you so much for doing this with us now. Um, can you tell us a story about uh, what brought you to this domain? Coming from the banking and payments and specifically having led the future of payments at Visa from 2010 to 16. And uh, apart from that consulted uh, banks and the payment companies and the retail and the other sectors as well, KYC sits at the heart of the transactions, right? Uh, because you would like to know your customer, you would like to know who they are, who they saying that they are and uh, and that's pretty much ingrained into the process, especially when we have moved from uh, in the last 10 years when we have seen the transformation into the payments and banking. And the KYC is becoming one of the major pain points for the financial services company, or even outside the financial services company as well, because it's given the frauds and the complexity into the payment services. So that's what brought me to this domain. And uh, when I say brought me to this domain, it has not been... Uh, this is not just the one thing that I do, but this is pretty much ingrained into uh, all the work that I do across because I'm focused on to the financial inclusion as well. So I'm a member of G20 GPFI, which is the global program for financial inclusion. So when it comes down to anywhere close to the identity, that is closer to my heart as well. That, that's really great to hear. Thank you for that. Um, well, let's jump to the main focus of this podcast. Um, according to uh, a study cited by uh, Signicat, uh, it was found that nearly 40% uh, of consumers uh, abandon digital onboarding processes. Um, why? Because this seems like pretty shocking. Uh, what is your stance on this? I would say 40% is a bit conservative. And, uh, and I would say that is roughly around 60 to 70% that people leave the journeys. It's only because of one reason, and that is the friction in the process. When it comes down to shopping or when it comes down to the financial services or the product, if you can't offer a frictionless journey to a customer, customers are bound to leave that journey. And that is what the focus have been from the successful companies globally. What we've experienced is that the customer behavior has changed rapidly in the last decade, and all thanks to the big tech companies. So we are used to with likes of WhatsApp, likes, likes of Facebook or the Googles, where we want things at fingertips. Look at Airbnb, look at the experience from the different services. And customer would like to have the same experience regardless of the sector. So why would financial services or payment would be any different? And that is one of the main reasons 
the customer tend to leave the journey if they find or feel that they have to validate themselves over and over again. They have to go out of the app or the journey to validate and the friction kicks in and the customer doesn't have any patience. And I consider myself in the same boat. If I have to, I'm going through a registration until unless it is a dire need, I might just leave the journey. I wouldn't be any more interested if I have to go out of the app to validate myself. I understand, thank you. Um, and you are a tech insider. So if you, if you had the ability to make a difference, um, can you share any changes that uh, requires to be done to enhance the, the overall KYC system? KYC is very interesting part and pretty much ingrained, as I said, into the customer journey, right? And whether it's financial services, payments, or any other sector, we as a consumer have to validate ourselves over and over again. I can tell you about an example where uh, on one morning, I've lost a trade because I couldn't validate to the system in given time. And that's quite surprising and shocking because I, as a customer, should be owning my identity. Yes, the customer platforms need to validate. But the challenge is this whole KYC process is pretty much fragmented. What we would need if I can change one thing, I would like to see the centralized KYC system or the platform, which customer can utilize to validate themselves rather than having this distributed KYC and validating themselves over and over again for the different platforms and the services. So I would like to give the power back to the consumers. That's extremely insightful. Thank you very much. So uh, may I ask, what is your opinion about um, current trends in uh, KYC or AML uh, compliance processes? The compliances are growing rapidly and the reason is pretty obvious. We have seen a growth in the online payments and the digital payments, digital services. At the same time, that leads to a false, right? And the variety of false. And that's why the compliances, whether it's AML and the KYC, the regulatory has to keep up so that they can safeguard the financial institutions, hold them accountable and safeguard the customer as well. So the complexity of the compliances in AML and KYC is growing. But on the other hand, the technology is making it a lot more simpler as well. If they have been implemented and consumed by the institutions in a wide way. If we go back few years back, or I would say six years back, FCA came up with the implementation of uh, artificial intelligence use of the technology for the AML and KYC by the financial institutions, and which is pretty much common. When we think around the fraud, and whenever we talk about the fraud, the first thing comes into the mind is artificial intelligence. Yes, that is one of the uh, most utilized and exploited use case 
But apart from that, the technology is making a lot more simpler as well. But we need to understand that how we can make it work for us. So the regulatory and compliances is growing rapidly, and that varies quite significantly as for the geographies as well. Uh, the UK, European market, US, it's slightly more mature in comparison to Asia or Africa, because Asia and Africa has got its uh, fundamental challenges related to the infrastructure. And that's why the AML and KYC might seem like a bit more complex over there, but it's only because of the infrastructure. I see. Uh, well, since you're an active member with a global experience of 18 years uh, in digital technology, um, how can financial institutions, especially banks, uh, boost the consumer onboarding process with the help of digital identity verification solutions? Make it work for your consumers. Remove friction from your customer journey. As we said, the people tend to leave the customer journey if they find themselves validating over and over again. So the organizations need to really focus onto the customer experience. And it's, a, it's, a, it's easier said than done as well, coming from the banking and payments. Yes, the financial institutions are focused on removing friction, but at the same time, they need to find that fine balance as well, meeting with the regulatory compliances, safeguarding the consumers, because one thing plays a significant role when it comes to the financial institution, and that is the trust. And that's why there are so many processes in the financial institutions as well. But what they can learn from likes of fintechs and from the technology that how to best utilize the technology to overcome these challenges. I understand. So, and, yes, please go ahead. And one thing which is a drawback for the financial institutions is their platform infrastructure and the legacy tech stack, which they are pretty much focusing on transforming at this point of time. And that's why we see there's a significant difference in the customer experience from a fintech versus a large financial institution. Great. So how would you define at this point um, an excellent onboarding process? So given what you've just said. An excellent onboarding process would be something like uh, Apple Pay. You waste all your cards once and you utilize it. But that, that's a very simple journey because obviously you're not validating customers uh, to a greater extent because customers just onboarding their cards, but it's just an analogy, right? Similarly, the best customer experiences would be some of the newer banks where you can register and open your bank account in few clicks. And it's a matter of how they have implemented the identity verification, the KYC process in the customer journey. And it all depends on a couple of factors. One is the journey provided by the organization. The second, the services that they are consuming to validate the customer as well and the geography, because it is easier in UK, European and US market to validate customer in comparison to Africa or Asia, 
because of the underlying infrastructure. Nice. So the best customer experience for me would be where I can open a bank account in few clicks without going out of a particular application. I see, makes sense actually. Um, another question for you, Ritesh. Um, how would you describe a comprehensive digital identity journey? So um, what solutions should a provider of uh, trusted identities offer in order to achieve it, according to you? The first and foremost is the easily intrigued easy solutions, which can be integrated into the customer journeys provided by uh, the institutions. So API-based systems, the scalable solution, is scalable in terms of uh, the number of documents that you can validate and verify uh, into various geographies. As I said, because AML and KYC vary significantly as per the geographies as well. And the various watch lists, the processes that you can offer as a part of your services, whether it's related to the PAP, the politically exposed person, sanctions list, watch list, and these need to be dynamic because it's not only about, KYC is not one-time process. It's one time, then you need to re-validate the customer as well. So the simple due diligence, and then the enhanced due diligence. So the variety of services that you can offer as an API-based solutions, and that can be integrated into the customer journey because that will remove the friction from the customer experience. I understand. So uh, the demand for identity verification solution is driven by um, regulatory pressures, as you know, and also by incompetence in investigative procedures. So. Uh, what techniques should the banking sector use to generate um, safe and trusted transactions, in your opinion? What you said is right around, uh, these are driven by the regulatory and the compliances. I would say these are driven not just by the regulatory and compliances. Regulatory and compliances is one factor to make sure that the organizations are doing what they are saying that they are supposed to be doing. But ultimately it comes down to the customer trust. You as a financial institutions are accountable and responsible for the customer trust. So you want to make sure that the transactions that are originating from your systems, they are the, they are the legitimate transactions because ultimately you are accountable for it. So you've got a lot more responsibility. So I would say, Let's keep the regulatory and compliances on the one side. Let's come down to the ethical part of it. As a financial institution, it comes down to the ethics more than the regulatory and compliances, right? But ethics as well as the risk exposure to your own funds, to your own customers. So what they need to do is having a very robust platforms and the services which are interconnected for the dynamic verification, whether it's related to the anti-money laundering or the KYC and the dynamic systems provided by the suppliers. So um, 
the demand for identity verification solutions is driven by regulatory pressures and by incompetence in investigative procedure. So what techniques should the banking sector use to generate uh, safe and trusted transactions, according to you? So it is a lot more than the regulatory and the compliances. Yes, it is driven by the regulatory and compliances, but the role of regulatory and compliances is to keep the financial institutions in check in terms of that they are doing what they are supposed to be doing. It comes down to more ethical part of it. The organizations, the financial institutions are accountable and responsible for the safe and the legitimate transactions to safeguard their own financial systems, their customers, and to maintain trust of their customers. Because trust is the major factor that plays a significant role into the reputation as well as into the whole value chain of a financial institution. Now, what they should be doing is focusing on to the platforms and the services, very well integrated technology, which can track and maintain and manage the transactions in a trusted environment. And that can be only possible by implementing the technologies from uh, the artificial intelligence to the AY, KYC and AML. And that can provide them the dynamic verification and the validation of the transaction and maintaining that auditable data for the future reference as well. And that data is generally utilized by again, by the various technologies, specifically by the machine learning and artificial intelligence for the to build a self-learning methods and the platforms that will again further safeguard your systems and the platforms. So I'm looking into more predictive modeling into that landscape. So the financial institutions need to invest and focus on implementing the platform and the services. I see. And uh, well, do you think that mobile ID verification can be the solution uh, to reduce identity scams? Mobile ID verification, yes, that is helpful. And that is uh, because that is one of the touch points or the interface which is uh, mostly used in the Western markets or even in Asian markets. Today, we are looking into the mobile penetration. And uh, that is around three and a half billion, uh, over 7.7 .7 billion population. That is roughly 50%. So the use of the mobile touch points has increased significantly. And the mobile verification has taken a predominant role into authentication and authorization, especially into the digital payments and the financial institutions. So today, if you are using, say, TransferWise, you are initiating a transaction, whether you are doing, if you have got a mobile app, if you're initiating a transaction on web, you can authenticate through your mobile app. And so it, it works as a two-factor or multi-factor authentication as well. So there are various methods which are implemented on to mobile authentication, which are helping in reducing friction for the KYC and even in AML, uh, in the financial institutions. 
I see. So um, what KYC specific challenges um, uh, do the banking sector and businesses encounter? So the biggest KYC challenge is uh, the false positive and the false negatives. Right? Uh, similarly with the AML as well. It's not only about, uh, so reducing that. The second challenge is around the infrastructure, the scalability of the solutions, and the lack of details, right? inefficient processes, not having integrated platform and the services, the legacy platform and the services within an organization. And these are the uh, few challenges. And what it really needs to be a forward-looking organization as you need to have an integrated, frictionless, KYC, and AML processes. And that's not only at the touch point, but basically you need a platform and services which are self-learning so that you are utilizing your own data to safeguard yourself apart from the dynamic verification validation that you are utilizing to safeguard yourself from the fraud management or the anti-money laundry. I understand. So in your opinion, how can advancements like biometrics, uh, AI or crypto uh, be successfully used within the, um, the know your customer landscape? So uh, again, we are back to the same uh, question in terms of the biometrics is a pretty much unique identity. I have my own uh, view in terms of biometrics in payments or, or as a method of authentication, because if they are compromised, they can be exploited really bad. But let's keep that for another conversation. So biometrics are providing an upper edge for the authentication. Similarly with the cryptos, uh, and when I say cryptos, it's a cryptomatic, I would say, not a company cryptomatic, but uh, the method, the cryptology. And they are providing an upper edge for the validation and the verification because nothing is safe and secure. Nothing is 100% safe and secure in this environment. So you can only have preventive measures. And that's why we have got the KYC, AML systems, regulatory compliances, and the variety of uh, the authentication. Nowadays, we use uh, the multi-factor or two-factor authentications in everything that we use uh, digitally. But as I said earlier, my focus would be around how we can give this power of authentication in the consumer side. Because we all think that we own our identity, but do you really own your own identity? Can you self-validate? You can't. I see. Well, yeah, you certainly have a point. So um, how will digital onboarding uh, look like in five years time? How do you think it will change? Uh, I've said this in past around my, my view on to the future of banking or the payments that the way I see the future of banking and payments, it's a frictionless experience, integrated frictionless, uh, and the view of overall financial well-being of a customer. Similarly, from the 
user experience would be focused on as long as you can remove friction from the customer journey. And that is only possible when you will have integrated platforms and the services within organization as well as within the community. So as a consumer, I would like to see, I can open an account in few clicks. I'm walking on the road. I see a advertisement of a house with a QR code on it for sale. I just scan that with my mobile banking app and my app will tell me whether I can afford the house or not. If I can afford the house, I would have pre-approved mortgage to buy that house. And that information directly gets to my lawyer. I would like to see that day in the future. Five years, I doubt that we will see that. But yeah, sooner. So that's what I call a true customer experience. Where I don't have to go through the multiple hoops. And these systems and the platforms are integrated. I have my bank account with a bank for the last 18 years. It's the same bank where I was as a COO as well recently. And I've got my mortgages with the other third parties. I've got my other financial services with multiple banks as well. So the challenge is when I'm having these services, why do I have to validate myself over and over again with individual entity? I would like to see a centralized KYC process in near future. I would like to see the distributed digital identity in near future. I don't have to borrow my identity from a big tech provider. I don't want to validate myself with a Facebook or Google account or any other account. I would like to see that in the near future. That's a, that's a really interesting um, point of view, for sure. And uh, well, um, tell us more about, uh, about you. Like, are you working on any exciting new projects now? How do you think they will help people, for example. So, yes, I'm working on uh, Infinite at the moment, uh, pretty much focus on that. Apart from that, I'm a member of G20 GPFI, so Global Program for Financial Inclusion. I'm working on a couple of initiatives in, uh, in various reasons and supporting them. And that is focused on the digital identity. And uh, in past, I've been involved with uh, UPI, which is the Unified Payment Interface in India, which is a digital payments platform, uh, consulted P27 and few other initiatives uh, into either payments or into the digital identity landscape. Because identity is a significant differentiator. We take it for granted because we have it. It could be a matter of life and death for people who do not have access or who do not, or who cannot identify themselves. It's not exacerbation. People are suffering from hunger in the various part of the world. Government have got the systems to feed these people. Like they offer the multiple schemes, they offer benefits, but only if they can identify themselves. If these people can't identify themselves, they don't have access to the basic services. And I'm sure you must have heard about the poverty premium. 
there's a word we call poverty premium. It's the poor people pays the poverty premium. They pay a lot more for the services because they are not into the mainstream of the services or mainstream financial services. And I, I can call it as an unbanked society. And let me clarify, this is not a problem for developing countries or the low-income countries only. It is a problem for the, even the country where we are sitting. UK has got 1.3 million people who are unbanked. US has got close to 6 million people or households, those who are unbanked. And that's a massive number. Because generally the perception is when we talk about the unbanked society, the focus is around Asia and Africa. No, that's not completely true. Unbanked is a problem, but the biggest problem is the underbanked. I, I understand, yeah. And uh, well, you're a person of, of great influence for sure. So if you could inspire a movement that would bring uh, the most amount of good to the most amount of people, what would that be? I mean, you never know what your, your ideas can trigger, right? I would like to see uh, the distributed digital identity or the self-sovereign identity, the implementation of it. And UK has uh, announced that UK is looking for the digital identity project in near future, because that will bring quite a lot of change into the systems and the platforms within the financial industry payments or other industries as well. So that's where I would like to see uh, the technology making a difference for the human race. It's quite sudden that we are 7.7 .7 billion people globally. And it's still, at one hand, we talk about the digital currencies, cryptocurrencies, comparing them with the gold. At the other hand, we have got a massive population who do not have a bank account, who do not have a food on the table for twice in a day, forget twice, once in a day. So we live in, a, in an environment which is completely two different world. People often ask whether we are going to see the cashless society soon. Yes, you might see a cashless society in nook and corners of the world or the part of the world. Look into Finland or Sweden or probably UK over the period of time sooner. We could become a cashless society up to a certain extent, but can we really solve this as a problem for the world? No, we can't. People do not have access to food. Forget about the digital payments. So we need to focus on that part of the world as well. While we are, yes, I'm not saying forget about the digital, let's focus on those people. <laughs> I'm talking about let's focus on the global society, how we can move that forward together. Because we can't just focus on the transformation. Let's focus on the other side as well. Because that's not a profit-making business doesn't mean that you leave them behind. Unfortunately, that's what happened. Big financial institutions have got the power to solve that problem to a certain extent. Yes, 
this problem can't be solved just by the financial institutions. They need support from the infrastructure, from the governments, and they need support from the fintechs as well because they have got the tech and they can move fast. So if everybody can come together, we can make a little difference in the society. You, you are most certainly right, absolutely. So that's the last question for you, Ritesh. What advice would you give to other tech leaders to encourage their team to flourish? It's all about people. Build a right culture. Be the leader that you wanted to be. Build a people-oriented culture. Understand people. Understand where their emotion. Understand the values. Connection over correction. And that's what I tend to go for. And uh, if you can build an empathetic environment within an organization and you will see the magic happen. It's ultimately the people. If you can get people bring themselves to the work, you will see the magic happen. People don't have to think before they say something. You need to build that trusted environment as a leader. And that is the biggest responsibility of a leader. Build an environment for people to flourish. I think you're, you're absolutely right. And thank you very much for these insights. Vitesh. It was very uh, inspiring. Anyway, uh, I think we'll have to leave it here. And um, I very much appreciate you coming to, to the show today. Thank you, Julia. And uh, thanks for inviting me. Likewise, it was a pleasure. So on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. So bye.